This week, we examine the not-too-distant future of 2032, where newly thawed Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone destroy most of San Angeles in Demolition Man. I'm Chad. And I'm Matt. You are tuned into episode 65 of We Used to Talk About This at Work. Right. Um, before we get into the show, just want to immediately say um, I'm sorry to our guest this week, Carlin. Um, well, first off, welcome back, man. Hello. Good to be back. Hey. So I, I'm apologizing because you were supposed to be on the show two or three weeks ago, but then Matt um, came back home. And so I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry, but uh, we we're going to try and do like a 100% local podcast and you were cool about it. And so, you know, we're a few weeks off the mark, but um, thank you for being flexible. Oh, yeah, of course. Anytime. Yeah. Um, good talking to you, man. But um, now that we've had the pleasantries, I need to tell Matt about himself because, you know what? I'm a little bit irritated at him. So, that seems normal, but but elaborate. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> what about? <laughs> so when we, we uh, one of the nights that Matt was here, we hung out with a few people we used to work with, like uh, Madge and Shatia, and also another one of our former coworkers. And we checked out this place called Hot Box Cookies. Are you familiar with it, um, Carlin? Not at all. Okay. So it's like a cookie place where like um, they, they make them fresh and like you can like, they just have a whole bunch of different flavors. Hmm. And so I was like, this place is good, but before you leave, you need to check out Crumble Cookie. Are you familiar with that, Carlin? No. So I looked at the map before we recorded and there isn't one in Georgia, but they have several around the country. Mm-hmm. And so, like, similar to Hotbox, like, in all these, like, specialty millennial-type places, um, they have different flavors, but, like, they have, like, six flavors for the week. And every week, there's new flavors of cookies. And the cookies are, like, huge. They're huge. Uh. And, like, it's, like, 20 bucks for, like, all the flavors of the week, but it's well worth it. And so I told Matt, I was like, hey, man, before you go back to Japan, check this place out. And he's like, okay. And I was like, also, I'm going to message your sister and tell her to take you to this place because I know that you aren't going to remember. And he's like, that's a good idea. <laughs> so I messaged his sister, Laura, and I was like, hey, make sure you take Matt to Crumble Cookie. And she's like, I got you. And so yesterday or the day before, she posts on her Instagram that she just came from Crumble Cookie and the cookies was looking delicious. And I was like, <laughs> hey, man, uh, why didn't you take your brother? And she's like, oh. No, nah, he didn't want to go. And I was like, that wasn't what I asked you to do. And so Matt is the reason why he didn't get some of the best cookies around because he's like, you know, I, I already had some cookies here. You know, the cookies all taste the same. Uh, cookies uh, do not all taste the same. <laughs> so while Chad's out here telling these uh, fibs, that's not how it went down. Uh, uh, hold on. I'm going to read exactly what she said. She said, I tried, but he said he doesn't really do dessert. He said he would get an oatmeal raisin cookie or something gross. But I was trying to explain to him how their menu changes each week and there was no oatmeal raisin. Mm. Okay. That's a lie. That, and that's that that's has, literally what she said to me. 
she's telling you she's telling you stories he's telling you stories that was that never came up one now everything she said is true i do not like sweets i would eat a oatmeal raisin if i had to or macadamia nut one but uh that's that did not she did not ask me to go and i was like no because just like i bought those cookies uh when i was with you i didn't eat none of those cookies <laughs> i brought them home and i and uh, everybody else ate them so i probably wouldn't have ate the cookies if we went but i still would have went and bought some for the people oh okay um i hate dead air so i hate that i'm doing that but um that's i'm just really stunned by what you just said why didn't you try <laughs> one of those cookies no i mean i did i took a piece of you some, just said one. you didn't well i mean like i'm not eating the cookie cookie i tried the red velvet one i took a little piece off and ate it i don't do sweets like that matt it was I, all, it was all right i understand it wasn't anything to write home about I understand that you're from here and, and Carlin, please jump in and be not Matt verbally. Um, I understand that you're from here, but you haven't been here in a long time. And so like, you're like a tourist. And so like, as a tourist, you should try different things. Like Carlin, when you travel, do you try different foods and such? Um, sometimes I'm not what? too big on like, uh, I guess I'm a strict eater, I guess. I what, is really a, what is things. a strict eater? Oh, Oh, selective. Okay. Yeah, selective here. Okay. Okay. So basically, whenever you go out of town, it's McDonald's every night. Oh no, I don't. I don't really eat fast food like that. But it used to be when I was probably like years ago, like chicken fingers and fries was like the go-to because it's just so difficult to mess up. Remind me, how old are you? I'm. That's what I say. Like. That's like kids' food. Yeah, but <laughs> chicken, it's just chicken fingers and fries. It's super safe. And then it doesn't matter if you get like the chicken, steak, or whatever. It's so easy to mess those those other foods up. How old are you, Carla? I'm 28. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, man. Um, if I'm ever in um the Atlanta area, I'll make sure, you know, we meet meet we meet up and we get some nugs and fries. All right, man. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But no, at the end of the day, Matt, you're wrong. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to let you peer pressure me to eating sweets when I don't want to. If you were like, let's go try this horse. I would be like, oh, yeah, let's try some horse. If you was like, let's try some frog legs. I'd be like, all right, let's try some frog legs. I just don't do sweets. Don't do sweets. So, Carlin, you've been working on a new show. Uh, Yeah, it's a Apple tv plus show called zoltar it's like season one and well actually like like i genuinely don't want to get you in trouble can you talk about any of this oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's totally totally cool you know it's funny you say that because normally on every show they give you like a huge packet to sign and you read over and stuff like that on this packet the first thing that you read is like we encourage like social media posts and people spreading the word about it Okay. Can you tell us who's in it? Uh, there's literally nobody in what? it. There's, um, I think there's the guy from Orange is the New Black. There's a lot of guys in Orange is the New Black. Yeah, but I can't name him because I was never into that show. I, I barely seen half of a pilot. <laughs> um, but it's, it's literally a bunch of up and, up and coming actors. 
Yeah, there is no cast on IMDb for it either. It just gives you a plot. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm very intrigued. Well, what can you tell us about this show, Carla? Oh, man, it's, I mean, from the behind the scenes aspect, it was like nothing but night shoots, which was tough <laughs> or just just exhausting. We literally created a, a carnival from scratch. We We drove, we all drove, to Logansville, Georgia, in the middle of nowhere. And they just built a carnival, like a huge Ferris wheel, uh, a bunch of little carnival games, all that stuff. And of course the uh, Zoltar, which is kind of like this fortune teller robot thingy. So I just, um, from the very little information that I can surmise, uh, Chris O'Dowd is in the show. Um, that sounds familiar he was in the it crowd back in the day he was also in bridesmaids his imdb's in the um zoom chat um so recently just watched that movie i did not like it bridesmaids <laughs> yeah i thought it was so not funny <laughs> at the time i liked it it was like 2011 2012 mm-hmm. but i feel like if i watched it now maybe i wouldn't feel that way yeah it was just it just seemed like forced humor. <laughs> you didn't really care for, you know, a whole bunch of women pooping in the street? No. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Getting off track, night shoots are hell. Uh, yeah, they can be, depending on the, the production you're on. Um, Zoltar was, uh, it was, it was pretty um, chaotic with a lot of people just running around. But depending on the production you work on, it can be an absolute nightmare absolutely <laughs> uh was there any indication when that show would premiere or that's not something that you guys would know like on the ground uh yeah that's not something they would they would even tell us <laughs> all right well um you know I, I hope the show does well and it's like is there any guarantee like if this show gets a season two is there a guarantee that you get to come back to work on it no they just they just hire whoever <laughs> oh yeah i know right i know that's that's what i was hoping when i first got into the industry (laughs) has there any been any celebrity where like when on set you were like starstruck that you always wanted to meet absolutely so it was literally the first show i ever worked on in 2018 yeah at the end of 2018 i got to work on a show called american soul and I remember I walked on set and the director of an episode, it was a TV show. So the director of the episode was Robert Townsend. Oh shit. Wow. So I (laughs) literally told my friend, I was like, Oh my dude, that's Robert Townsend. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty cool. Why don't you go up and talk to him? I was like, I can't just do that. That's Robert Townsend. (laughs) He's like, he goes, Hey Robert. And then he turns around. He's like, Hey, this is my friend, Carlin. He's new on set. And he shakes my hand. He says, Hey, Carlin. That is amazing. (laughs) I was like, I grew up watching you. (laughs) You're literally like a pioneer for me. That's that's amazing. We we are fans of Robert Townsend on this podcast. Oh, absolutely! Freaking meteor man. (laughs) Yeah. Don't don't stop stop stop. (laughs) Don't even get us started on meteor man. But uh, Parenthood also. Oh my god. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. I still remember my dad showing me a uh, Hollywood shuffle for the first time a long time mm. ago. I have never seen that before. Um, 
it's it's worth watching just to see just the uh i guess the resourcefulness <laughs> of what he's able to do with that movie because you know okay. he just maxed out a bunch of credit cards because he couldn't he couldn't find the money for the movie so he just made it himself isn't the movie about that though yeah, like yeah him trying to make a movie it's 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 mostly about like yeah him trying to make a movie and him uh talking about just black actors being typecast in hollywood and how everyone needs to pretend to be eddie murphy in order to get a job so you were also telling us that you were doing corporate jobs and Mm -hmm. i was asking so like as someone that's in the you know the film industry and so forth corporate jobs are more lucrative than oh man here's a tv show that people are going to watch on on a streaming service versus here's something like 50 people are going to watch in a boardroom once it depends it, it actually it depends on the show like something for an example um and i hate i hate to put them out there but like a show that's like on bet because i work for bet a lot that doesn't pay you as nearly as enough as like another streaming service like Apple TV or Netflix. What what are you trying to say, Carlin? I, that's I hate to say it, but <laughs> they, okay. they don't. Then then they you don't. are saying it. Okay, I got yeah. I, I, and then okay. yeah, in corporate jobs, there's just like a flat out payment, and it's usually easier days, like absolute easier days, and you still get a high rate for it. Oh, actually, just to pick the slot back to that BET thing. Have you worked on any Todd Lip Perry shows? Absolutely. <laughs> That's like, uh, I mean, if you work down here in Atlanta, eventually you'll work on them. If, so it's either uh, a Disney show or a Tyler Perry show. You just can't avoid them, huh? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, it, it really just depends. So um, switching gears to a show that... Um, I'm sure you haven't worked on um, Carlin. Uh, Matt, you've been watching How to Build a Sex Room? Or, yes. or, or did you work on this show, Carlin? <laughs> what is it? I, I've never heard of it. It's a show on Netflix where uh, it's a reality couples, show. yeah, couples, uh, just like anything else where you see like couples want to build something and then person comes in and helps them out type of thing. Oh, cool. And uh, couples want to build a sex room. And should have came up with her name sorry is it like every episode is how to build a sex room or that's just the episode yeah. so or the different like types every... of sex rooms one could have in their home oh okay well excuse right? me it goes deeper than that because each couple wants certain stuff like for their relationship the reason why they want it the different stuff she wants so um her name is melanie rose there we go so Melanie Rose comes in there and because uh, when people think of sex rooms, they think of like dungeons and dark and chains, mm-hmm. red, li- red lighting, things like that. But <laughs> she she's uh, before she's like a um, home decorator, interior decorator like that. And then a lot of more people start asking about sex rooms. So I guess now she switched her forte to specifically this. So she'll meet with a couple and one of the episodes. um where like they just so busy and stuff and mm-hmm. they they have kids and things so they want to make it not more like a sex room but a way like a escape from 
they wanted to be like they said they really only get to have sex and stuff when they're going on vacation and things like that. So they right. wanted to be more like a spa in their house type of thing. So then they show her the area and then she figures out what they want. And then she also figures out what kind of kinks and fetishes they like. And then she incorporates the stuff they like for each room. Um, but I like it. Like me and my wife been watching it. Uh, I think it's like eight episodes. We've, we've been five straight. Um, <laughs> cause they have, they show different, um, equipment, um, toys mm-hmm. they like some stuff i didn't know about and i was like "Ooh." Right. um i asked the wife i'm like oh would you want to get that or would you want to try that so it's good to see uh new stuff but also i was like i've never thought i needed a sex room but maybe i do need a sex room now <laughs> so right. it, it, it's a it's a good show i recommend it so are you gonna make a sex closet <laughs> Um, if it comes down to it, because one got cool where it's like if you walk into the basement, it just looks like a bookshelf. And, but then oh. the bookshelf opens up and then the room is in there. Got like a and bat other cave. Co- right. And I thought that was dope. And then another mm-hmm. one had it like if, if you go into their laundry room, it's a floor mat. But if you remove the floor mat and open up and go downstairs, <laughs> I, that was cool. Anybody and then was, like, got, anybody one got just- like one of those poles from bat from the old Batman TV show? Uh, maybe on these later episodes they do they, they slide <laughs> down then, and like all right, right. <laughs> sex room time but there's some others just an, just in the extra their extra bedroom where they have it and stuff but it's good i recommend it okay might check it out yeah sounds well i, I always like when netflix does educational stuff that seems like an educational show yeah right there was another because it, one that, i'm sorry okay well, i was saying because also with the couples you get some couples where like they really into fetishes and stuff like that so they already know what they want and then you have other times where it looks like uh one couple where the guy or she hasn't had an orgasm or whatever like that so then the teacher has to teach the guy what she likes and stuff like that so it like as far as educational they, they cover different types of couples. So I, I I think that's good. It'd be different if it was just like every couple was so much in love and they knew it exactly <laughs> what they wanted and they would have been bland, but each couple is different and they want different stuff. So that's I mean, what that's, I like about it. That's also not really realistic because it's like, you know, you read articles and hear stories about like how, you know, couples, they've been together for like 20 years, but they're like sexually incompatible and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, also, Matt, you have really been uh, grinding this week. Um, you've been on top of the social medias. You're you're a real um, whiz kid at it. Yeah, I went. I was on Reddit, and I just for some reason I went down this rabbit hole of podcasting, uh, what equipment to use, how to promote your stuff, and I just went down this deep rabbit hole and all this stuff. And then what I came out of it is uh, really Facebook is trash for promoting. Um, <laughs> I could have told you that when you were insistent on making a Facebook account for our podcast. Yes, I was I was wrong on that one. Uh, and I apologize for that. And that the uh, the biggest thing is uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Those are the, those are the big three. And that how you got to have engagement. You got to mm-hmm. post and. That's my biggest thing was, you know, our movie, our podcast come out. I throw up a little graphic, throw some hashtags, 
and I won't be back again to the following week to the next one drops. <laughs> and yes, that does not work. Um, basically, you need at least three to four, two, three to four po- um, posts a day. Um, and also you have to engage. And the biggest thing I learned is basically networking. Mm-hmm. Is you have to network with other podcasts um, because basically you're not going to get a brand new person off the street to like your stuff. You're right. the way he's going to get it is like, oh, I like Carlin's podcast. Wait, Carlin, he posted, we used to talk about this at work. Oh, let me check that out type of thing. So basically networking from podcast to podcast, let them promote your stuff or not promote their stuff, but like retweet your stuff, like your stuff and engagement and everything like that. So that's all I've been trying to do on our Twitter and the little followers that we started with have grown and we getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically that's what it is. Just constant, constant engagement with the people. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. How's that been for you on your end, Carla? Uh, it's been pretty well, um, for my, uh, YouTube channel, which is starfighter reviews. It's such a, um, I guess such a broad thing because I just talk about movies, TV shows and and stuff of that nature. So normally what I do to promote it is I go on Twitter and it's mostly just Twitter. (laughs) I just type in like movie uh, recommendations and literally like a thousand people a day comment like, Hey, I'm looking for a movie to watch. Or does anyone know like blah, blah, blah genre of movie. And I literally just comment and give them, a channel or a video from my channel that I made and just discuss it with them. Huh. Yeah, that's what I do. Hmm. Let me take that idea. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's some damn good engagement there, Carlin. Yeah, I mean I try. <laughs> well, you know, it's right. it's like it, it can work, but I mean people will know about your your channel and whatnot because i would say like of every like maybe 20 or maybe 50 people that you talk to and you show that to them maybe like one or two might follow you back right or get you right. to, right. to su- subscribe people are fickle with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. right and also with like we have a growing number of followers on twitter now but it's are they just follow me just to follow because I follow them and stuff, but it's the biggest thing is going to see how that translates to actual listeners now. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. That's, that's, that's part of the game. Even people like even on YouTube and they have so many subscribers whenever they make a live vid or even make a video, that subscription doesn't really translate to the views. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I see that on Instagram where you see somebody will have like 500,000 followers and then you look at the post and the post will only have like 100 likes or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I um, I was on Netflix this week and I caught the animated movie The Sea Beast. Have you guys seen that? Or, for, or do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Mm-hmm. What is that? Did you see it, Matt? No, I saw it on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. So it's I, th- an anime. I thought we might save it. I thought we might save it for review in the future. All right, we can do that. Um, nah, it, is, it, it is a movie that exists. 
no, it was cute. It was an animated movie about uh, uh, in this world, there are giant like kaiju. I think kaiju is the right word, but sea creatures, giant sea monsters that attack ships. And there are there are hunters out there that go out and hunt and kill the sea beasts. And mm. basically, it's the the same old story of like, you know, um, the the monsters aren't so bad, you know, if you get to know them. <laughs> but um, it's really cute. It's it's yeah, it's got right. some strong um, how to train your dragon vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh. And also, like I don't know, like you know, this is just me being a sentimental old man father these days. Um, old man pops. Um, the the lead of the movie is like a little black girl, like an animated little black girl. So I'm like, oh yeah, she reminds me of my daughter. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Um, I don't know, like I liked it. My only negative, and I I, I watched this like Monday or Tuesday, and. I'm still trying to like think of the right way to express this thought, but like they've ingest injected some real world ish politics into the movie. And I'm not saying like, I'm not a social justice warrior. Like I genuinely believe in like equity for all, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, like early on in the movie, they talked about how like the, all their books talk about how like these sea creatures are evil. And they talk about how the things that are in our texts will live longer than the people that can refute those texts. And so I was like, okay, that makes sense. That's that's a good message there. But then there's a part where we have like the inevitable, like, let me lay all the evidence out to the people scene. And like after this one speech your whole society does a hill turn and you're no longer hunting monsters now after one speech like this <laughs> has been ingrained into you for generations you know right right and, right right and so it's just like that kind of stuff is like annoying in movies these days because it's like that's you cannot make generational changes from one speech like things like right. that take time there are going to be people that that um if you all remember um don't look up that will argue to death with evidence right in front of them face in, in their face saying that you're wrong like right it's not it's not realistic in well it's not realistic in today's times if this was a movie came out in the 90s or something like that it'd be more it'd be more up to that where we go along be, with it yeah we wouldn't really think about stuff like that and i get that right. as a kid's movie and everything but it's just like I wish that we didn't have to have that scene in the movie or like if we have that scene and then it jumps to 30 years later and she's an adult and then we see how those changes have taken effect, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Mostly these days I don't watch animated movies anymore. I I feel that those 3d animation movies are kind of, they all feel the same to me. Yeah. (laughs) They feel the same, and I can't tell what type of movie it's going to be until I watch it. And by the time I watch it, it's just not what I'm into. That's fair. I mean, I don't mind mostly. Um, I don't mind mostly. It's all good. Um, the other thing that I watched this week was something also animated. I watched um, South Park, The Streaming Wars Part 2. And um, I talked about part one a few weeks ago about how like they were like slamming all these streaming services like really hard and about how like 
you know, there's like one or two good things on it, but for the most part, it's all shit. Mm-hmm. And like the the market's oversaturated. So they kind of touched on that this week, talking about how like we'll get these celebrities to come in and promote our streaming services. But you know, it's they're they're actually endorsing literal piss. Like that was the joke, mm-hmm. like they were endorsing P. And this one wasn't as good as part one. Um it, it 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 didn't have the biting commentary as the first part in my opinion <laughs> oh interesting but um that's on paramount plus if anybody wants to check it out mm. yeah i've never been into south park really i was really into it i guess maybe the late 2000s like you know 07 08 09 something like somewhere around there like when they did like cartoon wars when like um they were offending like uh muslim people because they were gonna um show um their god on one of the cartoons and uh, the prophet muhammad and like that's a no-no and so like around that time that's when i was really into south park but i kind of fell off in like the 2000s the the two two thousand teens or whatever yeah south park's on my list for tv shows that i feel like will never get canceled uh along with like the Power Rangers and the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, have you guys? Um. Uh, um. Are you guys caught up on Miss Marvel? Uh, yes. I didn't watch it. I, I think I have a friend who who worked on it. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. I've never. I mean, I love Miss Marvel. I definitely collect her comics and read mm-hmm. them, but. As far as like the MCU stuff, I kind of fell out of it after in, in, in game. Honestly, that was a good jumping off point, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, phase four, they're doing. I personally have not been enjoying phase four as a whole. <laughs> I agree. I agree. There's no, there is no, uh, there's. Uh, there's no like seems like storyline. It's directionless as, at this time. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. There's no connection. It just seems like there's just these random stuff going on. And I'm I'm waiting for them to connect these these pieces. Right. And it's just I don't know, man. It's like they're adding TV shows to the mix too. And it's like on like before we actually got these shows. I was pumped. I was like, man, we're going to have some TV shows. And then we, you watch the TV show and then you watch the movie. And then it's all just going to be one connective tissue. But it's like, I don't want to watch these shows, but I have to. Mm-mm. No, it's just all, it's all quantity or not quantity. Yeah, it's quantity yeah, over yeah, quality. Quantity. Yeah, quantity over quality. Yeah, that's basically all it is. I mean, mm. I, I mean, as a TV lover, I hate it. <laughs> absolutely hate that they're just pumping all this stuff out and just not really taking their time on it but i couldn't even imagine when i was younger thinking of a a actual tv program to say all the favorite things that you love watching as a kid we can literally make a tv show out of it for you within months (laughs) yeah i but that's the thing like the quality isn't there though carlin it's like yes you can watch um 
who's you can watch uh scarlet witch and vision every week on your tv just like in the movies but it's like they aren't the effects budget is 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 it is there like i'm not gonna say like these tv shows are cheap but they aren't using it the same way they would use it as a movie all right they're, yeah absolutely um, so, yeah. yeah i agree it's i don't know man so it's like overall the miss marvel was fine like i was really feeling it when it started and then like in the middle of the season uh so the character for those that don't know she's pakistani and mm-hmm. so in the middle of the season, they just go to Pakistan and they're there for like two episodes. And it's like, okay, like what's ha- what happened is important to the overall story. But me personally, I feel like story-wise, they should have kept the character in New Jersey the entire first season. Mm-hmm. And they should have like rearranged things to just to where it's like, this is how the story is going to play out in town. And season two, you have you you spend most of the season two in Pakistan, like adding a whole other country and new characters that we have to meet in the middle of the season was not a good idea, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, I did not care for this at all. Um, <laughs> I put this in the Falcon Winter Soldier category of the TV shows. Um, it was just. There was nothing to me. There was nothing ex- exciting about this TV show and this character. Um, I understand people like it for the cultural reasons of them showing Pakistani family, their culture, and how accurate it is. I, I get that, but like as far as the characters, it's there was no. I feel like we've seen this type of superhero before. Yes, a, a kid get a sidekick and they do things and blah, 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 to where it's kind of like, this is a new character for me. I knew nothing of this character before. So I was, I was excited, but it just feels like they just showing reruns. They just dressed up something from the past into something new and current and they rode with it. So how, how familiar are you guys with the Arrowverse TV shows? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with it. I watched seasons one and I think one, two, and three, maybe just one and two. And then I stopped because they were literally just, everyone was turning into a superhero. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how it was. I fell off after two or three. So like in this show specifically, it felt like what they did in like Arrow and Flash, where it's like Team Arrow, Team Flash, where it's like Team Miss Marvel, where like her mom, like her whole family knows she's a superhero, which I don't, I hate secret identities and superhero properties nowadays. I absolutely hate that. But it's just like, oh man, I got my tech guy, my best friend, and then, and then my, my girlfriend. And when I say girlfriend, I mean female friend. Like she's part of the squad too. And my whole family knows it. And it's just like, to what end? Like, why did right. all these, what, what are we doing here? Like, like mm-hmm. everybody's helping in the final battle and stuff. And it's just like, this feels very CW. Well, you know what? It would have worked. I think that could have worked if if Marvel wouldn't had botched Civil War. Because I feel like they should have saved that entire movie mm. for a completely different phase. But Carlin, if you recall, there is a Civil War part two with um, Miss, oh, sorry, Captain Marvel as the focal point. It's absolutely trash. <laughs> I mean, I mean yes, it. it is bad, but like 
I could see them in like six or seven years, probably sooner. I could see them about four or five years during Civil War Part Two, where you know, mm-hmm. you know, once we get Miles in the gang and like uh, Kamala being disenfranchised with what Carl has turned into, like I could see them doing that. Yeah, uh, I think I don't know. I think the MCU is so tricky. I think they really need just some a fresh new look to it. I think whoever that guy is who's kind of like producing all these, I think Kevin he's fine. Feige. Yeah, I think he's fine. But they literally need to, I don't know, like just take risk. And it's okay if you have a bad movie, but just just take a few risks because there's nothing worse than just being safe. Man, we're past right. that point of taking risks with a Marvel Disney film. Like, and that's the fucked up part. Like phase one is so interesting. And then you compare that to like, I'm not even going to talk about this phase, even a phase three, where it's like, you can see the beats of everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what know, I thought a lot. I'm oh, sorry. I thought maybe the TV show where that's where the risk will come in, where like, you know, um, the Marvel shows on Netflix, the Daredevils, the Punishers and stuff like that. That's a whole different vibe than what the marvel movies are so i thought like their tv show would be like you know we have our marvel way of doing things on movies but to take risks we'll do it on a tv show type of thing it'll be different on the tv show but it's the same it's the same thing it is the same thing just a lower budget like the final battle in this it's just like (sighs) we're doing a light show with some powers and stuff and then here we go yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's very disheartening. That's kind of why I fell out of it, and it breaks my heart because I absolutely love Moon Knight. Like, I collect a lot of uh his comics, mm-hmm. and it even filmed the show uh filmed down here, and I was like super excited because I really wanted to work on it. But when I heard it was like a like a MCU type of thing, I was just like, oh no, <laughs> you're gonna. They're going to massacre my boy. <laughs> like, overall, it was fine. But, like, with the finale, it was just, it felt rushed. Mm. Like, they crammed too much stuff in that sixth episode. You know, you know what I think? And this maybe is a theory. I think MCU should, they should have just a whole nother department handle yeah. their TV shows and let it just be TV shows as, like, the entire oh, the universe. large universe right and all those heroes don't need to meet each other and they don't need to you know make appearances i don't disagree with that to a point but like the fun thing of the mcu is like this is a comic and at any point spider-man could like be swinging by on an adventure and stuff it's like if you split the universes I mean, also you can do like, it once in a while, but but then also like come you know, like Miss Marvel, she has she started off on her TV show, but she's going to be in Miss Marvel Part Two that comes out next year. Mm-hmm. And so, like you know, you don't have to establish who she is because we had you know we wasted six hours on that. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, like I said, I've fallen out of that MCU phase after Endgame, and as for like Star Wars, because it's now technically like MCU property because they're literally making them at the same rate and at the same quality that I've fallen out of that too. 
Yeah. Um, Star Wars TV shows. <laughs> yeah, the movies and the TV shows, but I guess mostly the TV shows too. Yeah. I never watched Ben Kenobi yes. uh, or Kenobi. Yeah. I guess that's what it's called. I mean, there's, uh, have you, have you heard about that fan edit that came out of it? Of Kenobi? Yeah. Mm-mm. Matt? No. Okay. Um, so it's, uh, it's called the Patterson cut. And he turned the six hour TV show into like a two and a half hour movie. And from what I understand, it's supposed to be a lot better than what we got on the show because it cut a lot of like the fluff and it rearranged some scenes to where you like really feel for some of the specifically Moses Ingram, the uh, the black woman on the show um, mm-hmm. who the Internet hated because the Internet is racist. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, I do, ever, I'm sorry. I'm saying, and do you think um, there will ever be a, you think people ever fall off? I know Wars? there's die or Marvel. Do you think people be like, do you think it'll be oversaturated where people are like, all right, I'm done. Or you think this is ingrained in our systems, the, the fan, the fandom, it's always going to go strong. Oh, like, no, it'll fall off. I don't agree with that because it's like, Batman and Superman have been characters for almost a hundred years, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't really see, I don't really see it falling off too hard because, like, if you guys recall when, well, okay, I'm not talking to you, Carla. You're younger than us. Um, mm-hmm. Matt, do you remember when the Star Wars prequels came out? I do. Yes. <laughs> did you? All right, Carlin, did you like them when they came out? Absolutely, because that was my first ever Star Wars in theater. Like I've seen the previous ones with my dad, like on VHS right. or whatever. But right. yeah, that was like the Star Wars experience. Okay, so Matt, I'm not gonna ask you what you thought of them because you just saw them as an adult. But when those movies were coming out, they were making money, and people were like, "Yeah, these are fine." But like, there was a growing like the, if you were on the internet around that time, people were talking about how shitty those movies were. But now with time that time has elapsed, like and people and young people like Carlin are growing up saying that was my first experience with Star Wars. I fucking love those movies. I love those prequels. The same thing is going to happen with the sequel trilogy. Like kids a, a little bit older than my daughter are growing up with those sequel trilogy movies. And those are their favorite Star Wars movies. So mm. no. It's not gonna fall off because of retention like that. That makes sense. Um, maybe. And I say maybe because I feel like, yeah, sure, there's always like a newer generation being exposed to a newer content of whatever original franchise it is. But I don't know. I feel like the older, whichever generation had the better movies is always gonna prevail if that makes right. sense right but that's the thing though it's like i don't like the prequels at all like i i'm here for those um for the original trilogy but i do like the first two sequel movies and it's just like i i feel like us saying what is and isn't a good movie even though we're all critics is subject subjective because the next generation is going to come about and say like that movie was fucking amazing what are you talking about old man um 
you're I bringing, don't know. You're bringing your own bias into it, Carl. I think, no, it's not a bias because, I mean, I do absolutely love Star Wars, but I can separate anything. I think, hmm, I'm trying to think of a really good example. I think people are trying to say, I feel like I can say the same thing for, what's that movie called? Blade Runner. Like how people reacted to that when that came out in the 80s and mm-hmm. then the newer one. But, I mean, the newer one's the shit. Well, it looks absolutely gorgeous. Definitely yeah. one of the better looking movies I've ever seen. And still the same with the original. But I thought the original was so boring. Yes. And the I second don't like one, the original. Yeah. And the second one, I thought it was a lot easier to watch, even though I still thought that was a bit boring. But just uh, I would say that one's a lot better than the original. And I can see how that one can grow more with future generations than the original. So I guess yeah, yeah. in this, the same way Star Wars. So we have new people watching Star Wars and say they jump on and they want to watch The Mandalorian, for example. How I, I was wondering, how are new people supposed to watch this stuff when there's so much history and other shows behind it? Like mm-hmm. a new Marvel fan can't just jump into... Well, that's the the next Marvel movie. That's the thing. You can. You're just going to have to accept that you're going to be asking questions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Because just, um, I want to say like three to four years ago, I started watching Star Trek for the first time. And Mm -hmm. I literally had no idea where to start. And Mm -hmm. I just like, all right, I'm just going to start with Star Trek Enterprise, which is not the best place to start. But it's 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 still it's not a bad Star Trek series. So you can literally start, I guess, anywhere with anything, and the better series will prevail. <laughs> I guess. But back to Miss Marvel. So explain. I didn't get the end. I know they brushed on it real quick at the end about her maybe have having mutant genes, and then so is this a nod to X Men? And then my second question is, or let's start right there. So. Oh, so yeah. Carla doesn't know this. Okay, so... Wait, what? Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hold up. So, in the MCU, Miss Marvel is a, is not an inhuman. She's a mutant. That's what? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so let's roll back even further back. Uh, so, in the comics, they made Miss Marvel an inhuman because at the time, Fox... Wait, wait, real quick. Stop real quick. So, explain the difference between an inhuman and a mutant. Because I don't no. know what an inhuman is. It, they're basically the same fucking thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the problem was like um, at the time when they created Miss Marvel, that is when Fox was not owned by Disney. And if Marvel Comics was like, we are not going to create new mutants for Fox to basically take these characters and make movies out of them. Mm-hmm. So they made Miss Marvel an inhuman, which they owned a hundred percent of instead of like a mutant. So that, okay. that's so now that they own Fox again, she can be a mutant. Because people know what the fuck a mutant is. Sorry. People well, that don't read comics know what a mutant is. <laughs> what is the purpose of this? Or I this guess what is, is going to come up with come out of this? I mean, this is how we get the X Men. I'm assuming because people want that. People want the X Men in the MCU. They don't want the fucking Inhumans. I just want X Men just in general. 
I really don't care if they're like a part of the MCU. I mean, everything has to be connected, Carlin. I guess technically, I thought. I mean, I never, I never saw that Doctor Strange movie that just recently came out, mm-hmm. but I heard that Professor X was in there. Yeah, and everyone kind of knew that months before the movie even happened, and I was right. like excited to hear what was going to happen because I absolutely love the X Men. It was kind of cool. Um, kind of that scene was cool. Like I personally felt the movie overall was a disappointment because like <laughs> if you name this movie and the multiverse of madness and you go to two different dimensions instead of like this is like a mad dash, we're going to a new dimension like every five minutes. That that's what that title uh, populates in my mind. Right. right. So uh, it was just too long in one dimension. And it's like, we got some, we got some good fan service. Like, you know, we got Professor Xavier. <laughs> we got um, Black Bolt, the Inhuman in there, you know. But yeah, I don't um, know why he was in there. But... <laughs> I was, it was fan service. It was nice to see him. Like, we got John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, which is something the fans wanted. But I felt it would have been more appropriate if they would have got the dude from the Fox Fantastic Four movies to come back. Yeah, he's absolutely brilliant brilliantly casted as uh mr fantastic right i mean if, movies. if we're doing fan service you know like i'm sure he would have got a good a round of applause if he would have showed up in the movie and then the but, last thing was the part at the end where she turns it to captain marvel mm-hmm. all right explain that to me i didn't get that i didn't know what was happening all right, so from what I understand, okay, okay, so okay, you haven't seen anything from Phase Four, have you, uh, Carla? Um, I've seen Spider Man <laughs> Far From Home, that was trash. I felt like that was trash. <laughs> With time apart, I can see time disconnected from it, you know, I can see where you can where you're coming from because, oh, like, yeah. the, the movie was basically fan service. That movie's gonna age like crap. <laughs> um, so in Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Oh yeah, I did see that actually. Legend I watched that Ten one Rings. for my for my podcast. Okay. Um, so it was talked about how like the Ten Rings were like of not of this earth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And in the after credit scene, you had Miss Marvel and Bruce Banner like talking about like how like there's something like radiating from the Ten Rings. And Mm -hmm. so the speculation is in the new Captain Marvel movie, she's going to investigate like the source of that radiation and she's going to discover the other bangle. And um, in the comics, there's these things called negabands and like there's two of them and somehow like one's on one person and the other's on another person. And like when activated, the people switch places. So it's speculated that Miss Marvel's going to start Captain Marvel's going to find the other bangle, possibly put it on, and then it's going to activate and she's going to be transported back to Earth and Miss Marvel's going to be wherever Captain Marvel was. Mm. Okay. And so I guess the movie was going to, they, they probably won't ever actually meet until probably like the end of the movie. Yeah, that sounds like something I can skip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of excited for it. You know, kind of interested. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't these... know if, if it wasn't for the podcast, if it wasn't for the podcast, I probably wouldn't have watched this. 
Yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of not good with the show after like episode like three, maybe even two. But yeah, I'm excited for the movie to see what they do. But I always get hyped up on these teasers for the next movie. Because like they yeah, get, think- your, your mind's going to create something so much better than the actual movie. Right. Because I think like my mind, I'm. I have I have high expectations for the movie versus the TV show. Mm-hmm. So if there was a Miss Marvel TV show, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch it. But this, I mean, excuse me, Miss Marvel movie, I'd be like, I think I'd be more excited than just this TV show. Yeah, this should have genuinely been a movie, and I feel like it would have probably been an okay movie. I mean, it would have been exactly the same with a stupid light show cgi fight at the end but it probably would have been a better overall movie um i also want to say i like the actress that plays kamala but i don't think she's a good actress like she's you can fit like she's really charming like i believe her as a kid but i don't believe her as everything else Mm. if that (laughs) makes sense no that makes sense like the like at the end when they were getting ready for like the big fight and she was like talking to her friends and it's just like stop smiling and shit like girl that's not how you act be right. in the scene was this her first role i um, don't know yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah i think this is her first role so hopefully she's gonna grow into the role since you know she's in servitude of disney for yeah the next 10 years probably she yeah she has no choice but to grow into the role (laughs) (laughs) um yeah this yes her imdb has miss marvel and then captain marvel too (laughs) (laughs) right she was in a short film in 2021 but yeah so this is her first stuff yeah but all right with all that being said this week we discuss demolition man in the not too distant future a society of perfect order will arise a world where aggression will no longer exist where sexual contact will be eliminated and criminal behavior will be cryogenically controlled. But in the year 2032, all that will change. John Spartan is brought out of suspended animation to pursue an ultraviolet, uh, his ultraviolet nemesis who is loose in a non-violent future society. Um, yeah, so we kind of touched on this earlier. Um, you know, I was getting ready for the show, and um, or did we talk about this pre-show? Time is is eluding me at this point. I'm sorry. Um, I was eating dinner and I saw that an alert come up that said Carlin posted an episode about this movie. And I was like, okay, let me see what my man's just talking about. And the first thing this man basically was doing was shitting on one of America's sweethearts, Sandra Bullock. Before we even talk about this movie, Carlin, I'm I'm I'm, right. I'm fucking putting you, I'm putting you to task, man. 
Right. <laughs> she have you have what do you, you what do you have against Sandra Bullock? Um you know what? On my podcast, I, I gave a really good metaphor, but I'm not sure if um well, I feel like if anyone is like really knows hip hop might know it. But I called her the the French Montana of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> right? Because get this, French Montana is a very he's he's rich. He has the accolades, but all of his success was just from piggybacking either off of P. Diddy or just somebody else from Bad Boy. And I feel that Sandra Bullitt throughout her career, any movie that you can name that's like, oh, that's a Sandra Bullitt classic, any movie you can name, it's literally not her that makes it a classic. It's gravity. someone else who's attached to Gravity, it. Carlin. Gravity. Are you gravity? You can literally name the, the director for that movie or is George Clooney. George Clooney was, was in like two fucking scenes of that movie. <laughs> it's that she hardly had any any lines in gravity to begin with that's the point it was such a physical role like she my god what she did for her body like the workout regiment for that movie alone carlin well she had to be an astronaut for it but that's not acting that's just preparing for a role <laughs> i'm saying like she was she was solid but like who can't you say that like if you if that is your rubric who like what actor can't you say that about say say what about like that you know they were they were piggybacking like you're like oh. every actor is in something with somebody so uh, like that's not true i mean sure they are but they can still stand out like for an example an actor that stands out chris tucker in any of his movies as a weird example as that is i mean yeah because like they're just letting him riff exactly but that's that's him Sandra that's Bullock also is, a comedian right okay uh an actor who's not a comedian i would say uh maybe vin diesel i mean vin Diesel's not a good actor but vin diesel's vin diesel no matter what he's in he has this presence about him and it he, separates himself from any other actor. Vin Diesel hasn't been an actor since Find Me Guilty. I, I agree with this. I agree with it. But for his movies. He's playing he has, himself. He's like The Rock. He's I playing himself. Like I Sandra agree. Bullock is becoming characters in these movies. Sandra Bullock has played many different characters, but they're not necessarily what made the movie what it is and how successful it's been. So what about what about the blind side? There is no way you can credit Sandra Bullock for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry, Matt. We talked off mic and I told you not to bring that shit up. I told you not no, to bring because, that racist shit up. Thank you. Regardless, regardless of what it is. Literally what Hollywood loves to loves to promote any type of movie where a white person can just help any any black person in need. <laughs> But when you think about that movie, who 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 else? You don't think about nobody else in that movie as far as acting. I it think doesn't... of Sandra Bullock and I think of racism. And I don't want to think of Sandra Bullock next to racism, even though she was married to that racist ass looking dude. That, that movie, that, that biker man, like no, in real life, that biker. Oh, uh, 
don't know what this is. Yeah, like tattoos on top of tattoos. Like he looked like he just said the N word for breakfast every day. Uh, especially for Hollywood movies like The Blind Side, Twelve Years a Slave, um, anything that has this narrative of the white person just being the savior, it has nothing to do with the acting. Yeah. And like, it has well, very okay. What about okay? Power. What about the proposal then? I mean, uh, oh, yeah, Ryan yeah, the, Reynolds. I never saw that one. It's it's really good. She is solid in that movie. But uh, that's my. I have a really good friend who that's her favorite movie. Uh, I should watch that for the podcast. You should. It's it's solid. I saw it for the first time last year, and I thought I would not like it because it's like most rom coms are stupid. But it was pretty <laughs> solid. I'll I'll check it out. I mean, during my podcast, I named a movie of hers that I liked called The Forces of Nature, Mm-mm. which was like a romantic comedy with Ben Affleck that she was starring with. But I still said she was still pretty mediocre in that. And Ben Affleck was pretty good. <laughs> hmm. I've, n- I've never heard this take and I don't know how to process it. Yeah, it's like... I mean, you can name... I mean, if you really think about it, just think of any movie that she's been in. It's but not her that makes say it. say the same thing about any other actor. Though. Okay, name any other actor that's really good at, at, a, at a role. Or has Meryl the Street. same type of... Mer- Meryl Streep, one of the generation's best actresses. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, when I first thought of that, I thought about... Uh... Devils were Prada, right? Exactly. But also, what's the other girl's name? Um, Anne Hathaway. Emily Blunt. Anne no, Hathaway. Uh, Anne Hathaway was great in that too. Yeah, she's so fantastic. it wasn't just like it wasn't just one or the other. They both played they roles perfectly. Exactly. They both played it. They they both played it well, and they both fed off of each other. Great. But Meryl Streep was still like that character is iconic that she's played. Mm-hmm. The same thing you can say with a lot of her other roles, like Mamma Mia, even though you can just say the music is probably what made that film. Yes. But her performance was still very, you can still say that's very iconic too. I feel like Sandra Bullet has iconic movies, maybe for her fan following, but not iconic roles. Like performances, I don't think, I don't think she's that good of an actress. I mean, she okay. Is, uh, she is Miss Congeniality, okay? Miss Congeniality, yeah. I keep thinking about the second one with Regina King. <laughs> I've never seen that one. <laughs> um, but, I remember seeing that as a kid. But like, she had that. She was carrying that movie on her shoulders. Like, yes, Benjamin Bratt was in it, and it and it just dawned on me that um she was he was in this movie too. But I mean. Who else you had in there? Fucking Murphy Brown. Like I don't even know Let's who the see. fucking director of the movie was. It's like she she is Miss Congeniality. William Shatner. Oh yeah, I forgot he was in that. But yeah, like she was fucking kicking ass in Miss Congeniality. Well, I'll rewatch it to to see if it might if her performance might hold up. I just don't think she's that talented of a of an actress. But all right, um, Carlin, what'd you think of Demolition Man? Uh, Demolition Man, wow. It's, I, I feel like this movie is clueless. Uh, that, that classic show about the kids in high school, in a oh. sense that this movie can really only exist in the time it was made. 
even though it's kind of has this cult following. And I say that because the acting is bad. I feel like the acting is bad. The action is cheesy. It's a very campy movie. And even the the message of the film is kind of, it doesn't really hold up to me. So I feel like it can really only exist in its time period. Um, but I didn't like it. I thought it was, I thought it was really bad. Really bad. <laughs> and I can go so deeper what do you mean, into it. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we were, uh, what do you mean you don't think that the message holds up? Well, for example, um, the movie, I guess when they got to the future, it was like the year 2032. So a lot of their so-called new society was based on them getting rid of the bad things. And I, I don't know, a lot of it just seemed very off to me because I, for, it, tell me if I'm wrong for feeling this way, but I felt that since the very beginning of the movie, when it said it was based in Los Angeles and you see ruins and, and people doing bad things and then literally throughout the movie, people were saying like everyone was riots, everyone was scared, everyone was killing each other, all this stuff. I felt like the film was literally making fun of the LA riots that happened in the 90s. Yes. Did you get that sense too? Yes. I felt that way too. And I thought that this movie can go uh, F itself <laughs> for, for doing that whole thing. Because at any point in the movie, it did not say the world was, was going bonkers and the people across the world. It just said LA right and it's just like i got the impression that uh san angeles was this utopia but other parts of the world were probably like normal right right because at one point he did say Sylvester stallone said he did want a plane ride out of there to go somewhere else so yeah yeah it's just them yeah 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 that was the the huge part that i had a huge problem with with the movie and i mean sandra bullock's acting didn't really help either but (laughs) let's not beat a dead horse carla right right and um i mean i love wesley snipes he's one of my favorite action action stars blade is literally one of my favorite movie characters and favorite comic book characters of all time but i felt that he was completely miscasted for this i thought that his talents were honestly too good for this movie. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But do you but do you guys agree that Sandra Bullock's role in this could have just literally been played by anyone else? I mean, yes, only because like the role was like I wouldn't say it's a nothing role, but it's like the role wasn't tailored for anybody specific. And she was right. so early in her career that they just insert character insert actress here. Right, right, right. This is our one of I our just believe, most known movies, right? And I just feel like the dialogue for this was for for that character was just bad altogether. Yeah. Yes. So, what you think of the movie, Matt? Um, I enjoyed this movie when it came out. So now <laughs> I haven't watched. I haven't watched this movie since when it came out, and um. And the reason why I suggested it was because there was things they were like, oh, yeah, it's going to 
COVID and things we're going through now, Demolition Man talked about this. And I was like, oh, let's add this and see what's up. I'm not going to shit on this movie. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It's, it's things about this movie I liked and things about this movie I didn't like. I understand this was at a different time. So some of the stuff they said and things we wouldn't say right now. I Watching this movie, first thing I, I thought about was I miss Wesley Snipes. I forgot how good he is in movies, mm-hmm. even though like the, the campiness of his character and stuff in there. I just forgot how good he is. That's the first yeah. thing I thought about. Yes. Um, second thing is I thought like as I'm watching it, I know this is an action movie. I'm not supposed to s- suspend my disbelief, but I was like, wherever Sylvester Stallone went somewhere, he was carrying a pistol with him. And I'm like, these guys got AKs and MP5s and things like that. And he's rolling in with just a pistol. I didn't, I thought that was weird. Um, the, and then I already said earlier about the way I understand, like, they don't curse and everything else like that. But why were they talking the way they talked? That's the part I didn't, I was like, the dialogue is stupid and it's, it's hot. I didn't like it the way, they spoke to each other like the whole dialogue for all the the people so are you guys familiar with the book and also the various adaptations of the time machine um yes so uh the time machine like it starts off like in the 1800s matt and uh he invents a time machine because like his 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 family dies and so he wants to make a time machine to go back to save his family he fucks up a few times and he doesn't save them and hijinks ensue and he goes like super far in the future to where like things are very different and like the talking is he understands what they're saying but it it sounds off and the way that they were talking in this future reminded me of how they speak in the time machine where Mm. it's like you know as we you know if you went back a hundred years they aren't going to talk the exact same way they talk now but you'll still understand it mm-hmm. and so like i got that impression but what kept throwing me off was like only 35 years had passed but like you got somebody that like the the, the chief of police he's like in his 50s and he's calling sylvester salone caveman and i'm like my guy you were alive before he went in the ice. (laughs) So like if this movie was set in 2135, okay, sure. Sure. Like a lot of these issues would be solved, but they didn't want to do that because like a cut storyline of this movie was that one of the people um, living in the sewers was going to be Sylvester Stallone's adult daughter. And you can see her in a few scenes, but they ended up cutting that. And so, like, because of them wanting to have the, the dart in there and they couldn't make this farther in the future. And so a lot of shit don't didn't make sense. Right, right. Right. Yeah, it's so, just bad. Yeah, so um, does it hold up? No, not really. I mean, it's... No. If If it was... No. No, I ain't gonna say no. Yeah, I'm no. trying to figure out a way to make it. I'm like, no, just it's no, no. no. Well, no, you know, it, it doesn't. I'll tell you what the most uh, unbelievable thing throughout the movie is. It was towards the middle of the movie, and then Sandra Bullock's character was talking about 
they had the uh, restaurant wars or whatever, <laughs> like certain restaurant chains were battling each other and only one, like the best one only prevailed. And it was freaking Pizza Hut. <laughs> like out of all the freaking pizza restaurants in the 90s that were like the best piece, I, I didn't believe that at all. Okay, well, let's pause for a second. So to answer your question at the beginning of your podcast, the movie's on Hulu, Carla. Oh, see, I was looking for it on HBO Max yeah, because it yeah. said it was distributed through WB. I was like, oh, no. And so um, I'm very familiar. Well, I'm going to get into that in a second. So like in the version I saw, the the restaurant that survived was Taco Bell. And I was reading the IMDb trivia and they said that they changed it depending on what country it was in. It mm. aired in. That really? makes sense. Yeah. So because... did you, this was your version um Pizza Hut, Matt? Yeah. Okay. And on Hulu is Taco Bell, and that's how I remember it growing up. That's funny. I'll rock, I'll rock with I'll rock with Taco Bell surviving over Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut is trash. Exactly. Like well, yeah, just Taco Bell is just more universal that way. Pizza Hut is literally everyone's third option for pizzas to go <laughs> right, to. Right, right, right. Well, my thing was also like um, companies tend, at least nowadays, and I feel like they did this back in the day as well, they tend to absorb each other. So like you aren't like your Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut isn't just going to literally put Taco Bell out of business. They're Mm -hmm. going to acquire them, but still keep it open which is what they fucking did. KFC, Taco Bell, and um, uh, Pizza Hut are all the same fucking company. Mm-hmm. And they're just hitting, they're getting, they're getting different customers with different products, but all that money's going to the same place. So that was right. kind of unrealistic. But um, nah, man, like this is a movie that I really liked growing up. Um, I haven't seen it in over 20 years and like so much stuff that we revisit is super fucking hard to watch because it's like when you know better you do better and i am not here for this cop propaganda shit i am not here for it one fucking bit like the Mm -hmm. excessive force type stuff like the whole jokes of like oh man we're police officers we don't know how to handle you know people you know running amok when you know that's the fucking joke because you know once more references to you know the riots when you know what the fuck did they do during the riots what sparked the riots cops beating the shit out of unarmed people when they said that when he said we don't know what we're we're cops we don't know what you're doing i thought about that school shooting where they stood around for hours that's what Mm -hmm. i first thing i thought about so no man i I, it's really hard for me to watch pro cop stuff these days and like outside of like you know the timeline stuff not making sense it's just like i can't revisit a lot of this old shit because it's like i am not somebody that's going to say that you know every single cop is bad there are a lot of bad cops i'm I'm gonna fucking say that but it's just like i'm not here to watch like you know cops doing what they need to do and they're like just with reckless abandon like destroying property left and right and like just doing whatever the fuck they want to do to like right. Sylvester Stallone's character yeah he should have really been locked up for right. a and long time it, and it's like how how many movies in his fucking catalog are like this Spe- speaking on Sylvester Stallone 
It's like, how can we truly rewatch some of his older shit if this is what it is? I always felt that Sylvester Stallone's wealth, along with his fame, is just from Rocky alone. <laughs> I feel like all of his movies that he's ever done have been trash. I could in this moment I won't argue with you. But I'm pretty sure there are like well expendables that those made money, right? <laughs> yeah, those made I mean he's still getting paid today from Rocky. No, that's very true. Did you like Judge Dredd? Uh Judge Dredd was trash. The new one, however, is Dredd absolutely is good. fantastic. As a kid, I really like Judge Dredd. I know I couldn't watch that shit now. No, I bet it's horrible. And I was really surprised to see that Rob Rob Snyder was in this movie. Rob Snyder was everywhere in the 90s, in the early 90s. Let me let me preface that. The mm-hmm. early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Not so much now. People I worked with said that he is the like utmost asshole that you will ever meet in that's, person. That's sad. Because like you don't have the career for that. Like mm-hmm. you you aren't cute enough to act like that. <laughs> exactly. Um, did anybody get the impression that Wesley Snipes was basically playing the Joker? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, they could do something with um Phoenix, Simon Phoenix. Simon Phoenix, yeah. I was like, oh, they would they should have capitalized on a Simon Phoenix. If this was if this was um Hollywood today, they definitely would have had a standalone Simon Phoenix movie. Yes. Or it, or a fucking six episode um Disney <laughs> Plus Paramount Plus series, yeah. Also, another thing that kept sticking out that I didn't like was maybe this was common and I'm not realizing it. Why the fuck does everything have to have a one-liner? What do you mean? Why does it, like, every time they say something, it's like, uh, have a nice fall and then somebody does something or whatever like that. I was like, everybody has to have a joke in here and a line. And I was like, this is stupid. So... I, so back in the day, was every movie like this where everybody had a? I know Arnold Schwarzenegger is known for having stuff like this. His was great. Action His one-liners were amazing. Stallone, <laughs> Stallone, that's a that's a uh, Stallone staple as well. But, I mean, that's a action movie. Like even now, they still do that stupid shit. Bruce Willis one-liners were really good too during the Die Hard franchise. I mean, early, mm-hmm. early in the Die Hard franchise. Right, 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 right. Well, I don't know, for some reason, just watching it now, like everything was just campy and i'm like maybe i don't want to i assume it wasn't just because this movie i think during that time every every movie was like this where they had to they had to check the boxes yeah right but no like i'm sorry this shit didn't hold up yeah i i was gonna say i have a a rule for a movie that if a movie is credited with three screenwriters like it was written by three (laughs) people it is like absolute trash it will be absolute trash yeah i could agree with that like too many cooks in the kitchen exactly but i don't i still even if there's just one screenwriter on it i feel like it just would not have aged well like it's poking like i feel like this this movie was written by republicans as a cautionary tale to what would happen if the liberals got their way Mm mm-hmm like that's the impression like oh we can't curse we've outlawed um drinking and everything that's fun 
you know, uh, we re rewrote re re the Constitution so that a foreigner could be president. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I got that too. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you guys think the Rotten Tomatoes is on this movie? 65. Yeah, I'm going to go with like a 68 to 70. 62% with a 66 audience score making this movie um whatever the opposite up uh, fresh is fresh yeah yeah i would imagine um all right this week i made a new game that i'm calling first to last where i list three movies starring one of the three leads of this week's movie demolition man and you tell me in which order they were released what's the order first to last of blade 2 Spy Kids 3 and Miss Congeniality 1. Uh, well, it's Miss Congeniality 1. And I remember seeing Spy Kids 3. Did I see that in theaters? I feel like I saw that in theaters. Um, Blade 3 and then Spy Kids. Well, Blade 2. Blade 2. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, Blade 2 and then Spy Kids uh, 3. Because Blade 2 came out in 2002 i feel like or 2001 maybe and spike history i remember that came out when i was like in elementary school <laughs> uh just so we don't have to be the same i would go miss kijali then spy kids and then blade two so i didn't realize this when i wrote it but the art the correct art is miss congeniality one blade two spy kids three yeah but so one two three <laughs> yeah very underrated film franchise, the Spy Kids franchise. I've only seen the first one. I love the first one. I don't know what the fuck they was doing after that. They were all great, honestly. There's a big fan, uh, cult fa- fan following for the Spy Kids movies. There's, I need to watch them. They're about yeah. to be. There's about to be a new one, and somebody we likes in it. Yeah, they um, all have such great messages to them. But I know uh, as you look this up, I just want to reiterate how good Wesley Snipes is. And this makes me want to go back. I want to watch Passenger 57. I want to go back and watch Blade. Murder, Wesley at, Snipes six, is murder at 1600. Right. I want to go back and watch this stuff. This I haven't seen. The last thing I watched with Wesley Snipes in it was that TV show with uh, Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. Yeah. And Wesley Snipes was in it. But I need to go back and uh, revisit the, the the good stuff from his past. I'll Sorry. tell you. I'll tell you what you should watch of Wesley Snipes, and I saw it on TV TV a few years ago. It's called Drop Zone. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like drop, such drop a. Zone. Uh, have you not? Have you not seen that one? Nope. That's drop the zone. one. That was that was basically his Point Break. Yeah, it was like literally like a. I felt at least for me, I felt like it was like a throwaway Wesley Snipes movie that no one talks about. He's so freaking good in it. Fucking love that movie. Like early nineties, night. Fuck that nineties Wesley Snipes. Yeah, he mm, was really good okay. in it. And then the female co-star who was in there too was really good. I felt like she was awesome in it too. Yes. Okay, Gary Busey's in there. Nancy Butler. Oh, remember when Michael Gary Jamal Busey? Warner. Hold on, remember when Gary Busey was a, a fucking bankable actor? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, always made the great like antagonist. <laughs> By Kids Five is going to have Gina Rodriguez, who was Jane the Virgin, and Zachary Levi, oh. who was Chuck, and it's also um, Shazam. For a moment, I thought you said it was Michelle Rodriguez. I got so excited. 
<laughs> I, I believe Michelle Rodriguez is one of the greatest actresses who's ever lived, who has never had an opportunity to branch out from her, from her typecast. Mm. Or let me not say that. Maybe not the greatest actress. I think because I was explaining this to somebody, and not to get off topic, but I feel like we talked about this. Did we? When oh, I was yeah. on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's never been like a female action star on the level like of Salone and Bruce Willis and Schwarzenegger. Uh, no, and I, I felt agree. like she could have been that. I agree. If they Hollywood would have let her. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really help that she was not white. But she, I mean, no, she was not white, but literally, and you can say this about the, the, the previous Spanish actors we were talking about. A lot of these actors and actresses are not white but they're at such a shade of skin color to where they're acceptable. Yeah. For Hollywood. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Trivia guys. Uh, Wesley Snipes hated his blonde dye job and shaved his head as soon as filming was complete. After this movie's release, professional NBA player Dennis Rotman began dyeing his hair different colors, a look that was inspired by Simon Phoenix. Mm. According to Dennis Leary, uh, that's the rebel leader. Wesley Snipes insisted on doing his own action scenes. After Snipes finished his scenes, the crew would refilm the scenes with stunt people. And lastly, Sylvester. Well, hmm? So he would he'd be like, I'm going to do my action scenes. And they'd be like, fine, go ahead, do your action scenes. And once he does it, all right, let's get the real people out here and, and do it. Yes. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, I thought about that and I was like, that's kind of shitty, but that's also kind of shitty on his part because it's like those stunt people are like trying to work and you aren't letting them work. Or especially if they're not especially if they're not gonna use it, because you know, like Tom Cruise does his own stunts and everything, but they use that footage. Wesley Snipes doing it, you're just wasting time and money now. Right. Yeah. Is that's actually if a very it's actually a very common thing in the industry where when you reach a certain level in film and it has like such a big budget, it's so formulaic on how they do things that they've already planned out that someone else besides Wesley is going to do those action scenes. And they plan that out months in advance. They already have this booked and these scenes already planned. And you to just go off that would just, it would literally make the entire production go haywire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last bit of trivia. Uh, Sylvester Stallone has stated in interviews that the idea behind the three seashells was that two were used like chopsticks or to clamp together to pull waste out of the body, and the third was used to scrape what was left over. That does I never not sound clean at all. I don't understand what the like what was the shells even used for? Like, how would you even use them? That's how you use them like chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> scoop that's, that poop out that's yeah that doesn't even sound right but i read that um uh the video game cyberpunk 2077 that came out last year or maybe the year before mm. referenced that because when you create your character and you have your own apartment in your bathroom is three she shells and that's there's like no hilarious. toilet paper that is hilarious i was always wondered why why that was and then i saw this movie today and i was like <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, this is this is your first time seeing it? Yeah, yeah. That's funny. All right. Um, well, thank you once more for coming out and um, you know, talking to us for a little bit, Carlin. 
appreciate Absolutely. your insight, man. Absolutely. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for being all. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, please plug your podcast before we get out of here. Oh, yeah. So my podcast is Starfighter Full Movie Podcast. It's a podcast where I watch movies that I have little to no interest in watching. Uh, so I can find uh, an understanding to why people love movies that I just never cared for. And thank you so much for listening. Please rate, like, and review our podcast on your platform of choice. If you have any feedback, please email us at weusetotalkpod at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page. We used to talk about this at work. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at we used to talk Pod. Come back next week when we review the Netflix original movie, The Gray Man. And like always... I don't know if this was a good episode. I don't know if it was a bad episode, but whatever you think about it, talk about it at work. Thank you for listening.